0: you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back. And the comeback kids are back. The uh, Anaheim Ducks, holy crap, man, when we finished our last show... They beat Boston, uh, came back and won that game. And they continued to win on the road and come back fashion. The Ducks went 4-0-0 on that road trip. And then they won some more games at home. And then, unfortunately, they just lost to Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, overall, the Ducks have been playing pretty crazy lately. So we're, we're going to talk about some of those games how the Ducks have done. Um, some, some of the other stuff we talked about as far as um, uh, Carlson and how much he's playing now. Uh, some concerns about Zegris. we got a lot of fan questions as well and some league news as well. So we'll, we'll get all to that in a second. Uh, Eddie, how you rolling, man? How you feeling?
1: Uh, tired. Really tired. Uh, work has been really crazy and a new software dropping and everything. So I've just been exhausted, but glad to be on the show. Glad to knock it out. I'll be flying away this weekend to Colorado. So I'm looking forward to a nice little break away from everyday life and reality hang out with some nice friends, drink some nice mile-high beer. and I don't know if I mentioned the last show, the the buddy I'm seeing I met playing hockey, he's a really good friend of mine. Last time I went to his house was about two years ago for his Halloween party, and that Friday night we uh, ended up getting completely hammered at 3 in the morning playing chess. Yeah, the board game chess with their dog. So it's like his wife comes downstairs like, why are you guys so quiet? And him and I are just like intense battle in chess drinking IPA. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. As far as drinking, uh, Mike, I'm with my Pink Whitney's right now and a tall can of Happy Dad. Just one tall can, too. See, I'm limiting myself today. What are you drinking?
0: I, I went back to my usual. I'm doing a little bit of uh, vodka, vodka, Red, Red Bull. Bull. <laughs> yeah, you know, my my usual. Uh, I, I, I've been working like crazy, too, like you talked about. I just got back from Texas. I uh, saw a bunch of family out there. It was a really, really good time. Um, saw my Rams get their ass kicked by the Cowboys, but uh, whatever. It was great. I, I had never been to AT&T Stadium. That place is massive. Um, had a really good time. Never been to Texas. First time, so that was great. Came back. Been working a lot, just like you, Eddie. That's why we've been doing the show kind of every, every couple of weeks. We've just had some crazy stuff, and uh, even this week, us trying to schedule the show has been crazy. So we're going to knock it out and, and kind of get to some of the stuff right now. And break it down. But, um, you know, man, with this team, I'm just ex- super excited with this team right now. The stuff that's been going on. Uh, like we said, we were recording when they were on the road against Boston. And they ended up pulling out that game. And then they played the Flyers and the Penguins on the road trip and won those games uh, as well. Uh, you know, they, they really took it to um, the Flyers and and in that, that game. Uh, Vetrano with another hat-trick this season. He's got two uh, so far. You had Zegers finally getting a goal. And we even saw Johnston and Dilo fight it out in that game. So what a, what, a, what a way for the Ducks to win that game. I, Eddie and I always joke about this Ducks-Flyers game because a couple years ago, Eddie covered the game. And uh, every time it seems the Ducks and the Flyers play an early game on the weekend, the Ducks get destroyed. But that was not the case in this one, Eddie. The The Ducks... Uh, ended up giving it to the Flyers and continuing the winning streak on the road.
1: Yeah, and just just to kind of go back, that one game Mike was talking about, it was one that I was supposed to cover, and I was trying to get coverage because you had to work, Mike. I think yeah, you had yes. to work, and so I had to cover the game and cover writing it. And I was like not like not Vegas flu. I actually had the flu flu, real sick. I didn't drink a single drip of alcohol, just dying. And having to wake up like for a nine o'clock game to kind of, kind of cover it just to watch the Ducks get like seven shots on goal and like, get blanked, I was annoyed. I was irritated, and that continued their their losing streak too. It's like I didn't I didn't know what to write on that article. Just write like, hey Ducks, Ducks showed up to the arena, but they didn't come to play. But yeah, even this game, I was like, I'm not gonna watch it. I don't want to bring bad luck. Like, okay, let me turn it on and see what's going on. Boom, Ducks are up three nothing. I think it was four nothing when I turned it on. And then, no, it, I forgot when I turned it on, but when I turned the game on, the Flyers start scoring. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm superstitious, so I just shut the game off. I just kept, like, <laughs> turning it on here and there, turning it on here and there, and just kind of watched it after the game was over. But, yeah, what a, what a hell of a game. I'm glad they came back and went. Now I wish I would have watched the whole game uh, and, and saw that. And Vitrano's hat trick, that's that's the crazy. Frank the Tank's really, uh, really exploding. Speaking of hat tricks, I don't know, Mike, I'm a little off-subject, but seen uh, Austin Matthews hat, tr- uh, hat trick the other day, uh, some lady threw her bra on the ice
0: <laughs> yeah there's a joke about that too there's a meme that that's the that's the uh the closest toronto's seen any cups recently <laughs>
1: <laughs> i didn't see that one. Oh, that's the fun- <sighs> i had a double take like okay did someone photoshop that or someone really really threw that in the ice but oh man that's that's <laughs> i guess that's creative i wonder uh, if uh, frank the tank gets a a third hat trick what are you going to be throwing on the ice mike <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know i might have to bring like a jock strap or something to get really crazy just <laughs> start getting nuts like a ducks uh, and ducks logo on it <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's crazy because I, I i you know got to witness uh two of the hat tricks you know i got to see uh frank's first one and we'll talk about the 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 homestand of the ducks are on now i got to see uh terry's as well man i mean it's it's been a wild wild uh season for the ducks man but yeah yeah you're right i mean uh, the Ducks able to take out Philly, Patrano gets a hat trick, you, you finally see uh, Zegers get a goal, and then they uh, <laughs> they go into Pittsburgh, and uh, th- this game, <laughs> <laughs> both games against Pittsburgh really pissed me off. Uh, you guys know that I like the Penguins too, just like the Ducks, but the officiating in these two games, the, the away game and the home game, were complete dog shit. And I, I don't like to bitch about the refs, but... The, the, this game against Pittsburgh, Eddie, really pissed me off. When the Ducks had a chance to go up 3-1 in this game, Johnson scored. They called uh, goalie interference, uh, reviewed it, still said goalie interference. Cronin got mad. Uh, they ended up getting the delay game right for the challenge, and then Cronin got two minutes for unsports and like So the Penguins get five on three, and of course they score. So instead of the Ducks being up 3-1, to one, it's 2-2. Two to two. And then after that goal, something happened. We don't know exactly what. But then Cronin gets booted out of the game, and then he gets fined later $25,000, which I know Eddie strongly feels that's bullshit, and so do I. And uh, the Ducks, you know, were still able to win, though. They they got down 3-2 to two in the third, and fucking McTavish did his shit and was able to pull the Ducks out, especially at the end. I mean, the Penguins got another 5-on-3 power play in the last two minutes. And uh, Henrique finds McTavish coming out of the box on the breakaway to score with like eight or nine seconds left. It's a fucking phenomenal game. Um, but I, I don't, man. This 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 game out of the all the recent ones, man. Holy shit! I I really felt it was a statement game because um, the the Ducks beat the refs and the Penguins in this game, Eddie. And I thought it was just complete bullshit. I, I know you how you feel about the whole thing with Cronin. That that thing killed me. I, that that thing pissed me off. But but what did you think? You know, you, you had them go play the Flyers, an early freaking game, which was like, I'm like, 10 a.m., what the fuck is this shit? I hate that crap. But they, they took it to the Flyers, they go to the Penguins, it looks like all is lost and they're going to lose. You, you know, you're, you're in a tie game, uh, five on three power play for the other team in the final two minutes, and you pull out a shorthanded goal and win to stun them, and you go 4 0 on the road trip. Like, like... I don't know how you felt, dude. I was fucking ecstatic when the Ducks beat the Penguins in this fashion because I felt they got royally screwed in this game by the refs.
1: Yeah, these refs are terrible. They they just keep getting worse, worse and worse. They break up fights prematurely. They just I don't know what what their issue is. Like they're they're trying to be more involved or they they want to make a statement on whose dick's bigger. It's just like it gets to the point where you got to just snap a puck right in their mouth and give them a puck sandwich, break a few teeth or something. I know that sounds horrible. But to make calls that bad, like, I mean, I would do it. I'm not going to ever admit to ever doing this in my life. But, hey, if I accidentally shot a puck and hit a ref right in his dome or right in the mouth, it, it teaches a lesson, pain compliance. And the way they're playing and the way they just kind of try to screw over the Ducks, it's like it's like they're not even hiding it anymore. Not just the Ducks games. It's just like league-wide. Like some of the calls they make are so instant, inconsistent and everything. It's just crazy how they get away with it. And I'm glad – that Cronin really stepped up for his boys. I think that fired everyone up. Like, okay, we have a coach that, that really like, ha- like had our back, screamed at the refs, went out there and, and kind of g- gave up his coaching position at that moment when he got booted from the game uh, just for his team. I don't think Aikens would have done something like that. I think he was more kind of, I guess, level-headed. But I-, I like how he just lost control for his team. That's the best thing, and I think he's part of the reason why, and he should have been. Uh, coined a, a, one of the stars of that game too to get his boys that fired up you're talking about getting us a, a nice hit and a fight to spark your team and spark the boys up what Cronin did just really fired up his team and kind of gave everyone that level of more respect and trust for him not just as a head coach but like hey someone that really has our back and understands us and as long as we do the right thing and feed into the system he's always going to have our back 110% I love to see that and I, I wish the Ducks would have actually take, or took this opportunity too to Go ahead and throw a GoFundMe page. Let fans donate for cause uh, for Corona. Just as a joke, other teams have done it. Like other teams, a uh, uh, fan base or something, they would create like a GoFundMe, and that 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 thing would be donated to a, a certain charity uh, when, when bullshit fines are kind of assessed. I think the Ducks lost a huge opportunity to really uh, capitalize on on making these donations to a to a, a better cause. It, it, for that reason, but. Other than that, I think Cronin was—it's just Cronin the Barbarian. That's all you could say. That's just definitely stuck true to his nickname.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember we had that. It's a—it's a podcast. Last season we called him Cronin the Barbarian, and and yeah, man, I—the fire that that guy brings and the passion and everything is fucking fantastic. And I'm with you too. That I even uh, posted that on X. I said, hey man, how can we pay for this fine? I I'll I'll chip in some money. You know, uh, throw it down. I I don't care. I. I I thought that was just trash. I mean, I, I get it, the way that the league is set up, but it's kind of crazy because if you're a coach and you go off on the refs, and it's happened with a couple other coaches around the league too, so so they didn't just target Cronin, but whatever. And, and we don't know the specifics after the Penguins tied up the game on that power play. I, you know, No one really knows exactly what happened. Obviously, the coaches and the team know. But the way the league's set up, coaches can get $25,000 fines for arguing with officials and talking trash, or however, whatever you want to say, but players only get five thousand for kicking the shit out of another player. I'm just like, wow, that amazes me. So you can talk trash, and it costs five times as much as beating the crap out of somebody. I mean, that's just, wow. The NHLPA, you guys did a fucking awesome job because I would love to be a hockey player and kick someone's ass and only be charged five grand.
1: Oh, <laughs> I just, yeah. All right, that's. <laughs> We can talk about this after the show, but we can talk about Chicago getting away with it. And the center is getting screwed with the first-round draft pick. But we can save that for at the end of the show. We can talk about other league news.
0: Yeah, well, and Chicago's uh, been surrounded by some more controversy, which, I mean, we can save that to the end. But, you know, nothing's going to happen with them. But anyways, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, sticking with the Ducks, I, I mean... Having the coach like that um, go go off and stand up for the team like that, I am a 1,000% behind him. I, I love it. I thought it was great. That call was complete trash. The replay was trash. The officials got it wrong. Toronto, you got it wrong. And that was a joke. The Ducks should have been up 3-1 to in that game and shouldn't even have had to come back and win that game. Uh, I'm glad they still did come back and win and it all worked out. But... Uh, that just really pissed me off. I, you know, and, and I I don't like to go off on the officials too much, but I'm sorry. They they got that one dead wrong. I don't care what they say. And, and if and if they are saying that Carrick's in the blue paint and all that, okay, let's go back to the 1990 rules then, where if a forward is in the paint and a goal scorer, the goal doesn't count. Then go back to those old school rules. If that if that goal doesn't count because of that, because that's basically what happened on that play. Carrick's in the paint barely barely brushes the goalie and 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 you're gonna tell me that that was goalie interference hell no hell no Um, so yeah eddie oh i lost my train of thought yeah you
1: you had me at one thing you said oh yeah mike i want to play a game of what if what if conan (laughs) was the head coach when the ducks played the avalanche in colorado when patrick wall went ballistic because that would have oh. been a full-on coach fight right there. Because I don't think Cronin would l- allow him to be pushing that glass toward his players. That would have been it. That would have been probably one of the greatest moments in hockey history seeing two – two. I think Cronin looks like a little brawler too. So it's like two, <laughs> two uh, coaches going just – it would be all crazy on the ice. I think both teams would just – it would be a full-on brawl. I would feel like as a fan have to hit someone just to be part of it. Like just go and punch someone real quick. Like, man –
0: yeah, I, I you're right. I mean, I <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to piss them off. And I think we talked about this too on the show when I had a chance to talk to the players before the season. Some of them were like, oh man, dude, we don't know how he's going to be. We heard he's a hard ass, you know? And I mean, I, I love it, man. I, I, I think he's great. And I, I think that that helped the Ducks catapult them, came back and won that game. They went 4-0-0 on the road trip. The first time they've Uh, swept a road trip like that where they won at least four games in a row since 2013 holy crap man Uh, Amazing, so the Ducks, you know winning, you know on their winning streak. They're they're come from behind games the comeback kids, right? They come home. They uh, face the Coyotes. I was there in person for that one. The Coyotes have kind of been our new rival uh, right lately and uh, the Ducks the Ducks uh, jumped out on them right away Uh, Terry getting two goals right away Uh, everything looked great uh, they're, they're, you know, good fast start. The uh, Coyotes actually respond. They get a couple goals. And then they end up going ahead 3-2 to two in the second. But uh, the Ducks rallied again in the third period. You had Terry taking a shot, which uh, deflected off Carlson to tie up the game. And then a wild, wild overtime period. You had Troy Terry with a breakaway in the beginning of the overtime. And he gets stuffed. And then later on... Uh, him and McTavish get a two-on-one. McTavish was a fantastic fake-out move, leaving the Coyotes' players jockstrap on the ice and making it a two-on-one. Terry scoring the game-winning goal and hat-trick goal for the Ducks to come back and beat Arizona. I mean, holy shit, man. Th- this this game... I, I, I mean, I thought the Ducks... You know, this whole Pittsburgh game was amazing. This game, especially in person, was just fantastic to see uh, just an amazing game I, I you know I, I thought the Ducks played great in the beginning uh, not so great in the second period but then they came back in the third and, and pulled out this win especially against Arizona who's who's really you know been the team that we dislike more so Eddie I you know I mean we don't like the Kings and Sharks right but uh, you know with Arizona lately it's been it's been a battle in these games we, we've seen uh, the tempers flared in this game, too. Gudis got under their skin, which, by the way, that's my wife's new favorite player in the Ducks is Goudis. I'm going to get her a Gudis jersey because he just kicks ass. She she loves loves him, thinks he's, like, the greatest thing ever. Um, uh, it just uh, – I don't know, man. I just uh, – a lot of good stuff going on with this win, too, Eddie.
1: Yeah, that that fake-out move by McTavish was a thing of beauty. He just – Soft, sophomore slump is does isn't is his vocabulary one bit he's just he's playing way better hockey and he, his game has risen to a whole new level it's good to see it's good to see that development right before your eyes and and seeing what how the impact he has on this team and him stepping up on the ice to be that leader uh that he's becoming it's just he's a force to be reckoned with and i'm glad that he he's stepping up his game and everyone on the ducks is. even even Zegers not having the, the best starts with point, points-wise, but his two-way game has been a lot better. He's been more defensively sound. He's back-checking. He's doing those, those little things that caused him to be benched. And it, it seems like his play is working out, and it doesn't really matter like, how many points you're getting as an individual uh, player. And a lot of these players really don't care about that. They care about putting the, the points on the scoreboard and beating the other team. So that's what the Ducks are doing. That's good to see. And it just sucks I still haven't made it out to a game yet. Like I'm just... It's been what now it's November. I just don't have time for a game, but hopefully soon. And hopefully, we'll get together and uh, get that uh, behind the glass bench, too, Mike. That we're still trying to coordinate on that with the, both of our busy schedules. But yeah, I'll make it to a game. Uh, hopefully, they, they kick ass again. But yeah, that was a, a really fun one to win, especially that Arizona seems to be a heated rivalry right now with the Ducks for the last uh, couple seasons.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and, and you're right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get together. I meant, I meant to hit you up about that. I got a couple of dates, so we'll talk about it offline. And plan that out. But, yeah, this this game, going there in person, uh, uh, man, I, I I love it. Like, I was talking to my wife about it and uh, how they were, like, last season was so frustrating. And now going to the games, it's like, oh, my God, man. Even if the Ducks are losing going a third period, they have a chance to win. Like, you know, they're never out of it the way that this team is this year. Where, especially last season, you know, the Ducks got down by uh, at least two goals. You were like... We're fucking toast. Now it's like, whatever, dude. I mean, like, you don't know until the very, very end. I mean, it's just fantastic the way they've been playing. Uh, some crazy stats, too. Uh, Terry's the fourth player in team history to complete a comeback with the overtime goal resulting in a hat-trick. That's pretty crazy. And the Ducks also uh, had three hat-tricks in the first 10 games. The only team to do more than that was the Islanders in 84-85 where they had four hat tricks in the first 10 games. So some crazy stats for you there, um, you know, as a result of this game. And then, you know, the Ducks, uh, well, they well, continue. talk about uh, stats real yeah. Quick, Mike.
1: Yeah. Do you know how many uh, hat tricks the Ducks had in franchise history in a season? Like how many different hat tricks?
0: I'd have to look it up. Yeah,
1: we have to look that up. Or if one of you guys listening, if you want to just shoot us that information, just in case we forget. But that'd be a good stat to add and talk about on the next podcast, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd have to look up and see what's the most they've had in a season. But it's been crazy. You get three hat-tricks in ten games. Like, what the hell? Um, and, and then you had you had Vegas, right? So Vegas comes to town. They're 11-0-1. They haven't lost in regulation you're like, oh, crap, how's this going to go, right? Uh, we got Kalorn back, which was good. Uh, he had been practicing. He, he got into the lineup. And this game didn't start out good. You know, the Knights scored first, and, and they ended up building a, a two-goal lead going into the third period again. And what happened? The comeback kids dropped four on the Vegas and, and knocked them out. Um, you had Henrique getting a power play goal early in the third uh, Carrick tying up the game McTavish getting the eventual uh, game winner and then Carrick again an empty netter only his second game getting uh, two goals in the game and uh, the Ducks just rolling at this point they've had uh, the longest winning streak in the league uh, at six games um, handing Vegas their first regulation loss holy shit uh, just just crazy again Eddie the Ducks down 2-0 in the third period um, did not play, you know, didn't play horrible, but you know, didn't play great, you know, in the first couple periods they, they were in it, but, uh, they just turned it on the third period and, and took Vegas out. And I mean, uh, wow. I, I just, I was amazed at this game too, Eddie. I, I just, I thought, oh crap, here comes Vegas. We have a hard time against them when it was going to the third and they were down two nothing. I was like, oh man, but there's still that glimmer of hope with this team and, and uh, they, they took it to the Knights in the third period and uh, took them down.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I really, really wanted to go to this game. I, I, I had a feeling that the Ducks were going to beat the Knights. I, I, I think the Knights were just running on just borrowed time as far as hockey-wise to be be continuously getting that. I think the Knights probably took for granted the Ducks, too. They came a little complacent knowing their track record against Anaheim. Yeah, and even especially that, that whole complacentness just kind of grew bigger with the 2-0 lead. And that's the worst lead, uh, lead you can have in hockey is that uh, that 2 goal lead because it, just, it can be taken away with the instant and it takes out all momentum. Um, and that's what the Ducks did. You know what, too, is funny, Mike, and I wish I would have done this. My barber went to Vegas this past weekend and I just didn't have the time. I was going to stop by and give him like a couple hundred bucks to put down on the Ducks winning against Vegas on Sunday like a straight bet. I just had a feeling they were going to – that's how confident I was thinking the Ducks were going to beat the Knights. It just had that this that just that little feeling you get, and and they went ahead and did it. Um, amazing game. Uh, you know, you have to give credit to the Golden Knights' Logan Thompson. He, he did a great job. Um, he wasn't really tested as much. The, the Vegas was a, the more dominant team I felt like, but the Ducks just had to no-fight, no-quit, that comeback kids. Um, I think part of it, too, I, I want to go back to, to that game when Cronin got kicked out in Pittsburgh I think they're kind of playing with more of a chip on their shoulder and playing for their coach like hey you know you had our backs uh you went out and you got fined so now we're going to make it up to you like we're going to we're going to play our asses off we're not going to quit yeah yeah it's not um this team is is playing great hockey some best hockey we've seen in a while i'm still not convinced they're uh playoff contending our stand well playoff contender team but the ducks have no quit and no fight and they're improving and all uh, statistic categories and that's what you love to see and I think Cronin has a really big factor in this. They want to play their hearts out for the team. It's just like you play any sport. If you have a good coach that works his ass off as much as you to get you better you want to show them the best you can do and be the best for them. That just not, not really sport wise. If you have one a, a teacher you love that actually spent the extra time to go over work with you after hours and, and really molded you to be a good student you want to show that teacher the best possible you know i guess finished product of what you can so i think that's what kind of bleeds down to it and whatever cronin's feeding them the ducks are kind of feeding into it and they're really playing some great hockey and the only regret i have is not going to that game on sunday but hey i guess a a a nice little bender for the weekend and a a hockey my playoff hockey game on sunday was more important
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, the whole thing with Cronin in there, they're playing for him. The way the team's gelling, they have an edge. You've got, you know, Johnston fighting D'Lo and Philly. You got Goodis hip-checking everybody left and right, just kicking their asses. I mean, the way this team's going, it, it's awesome. They have an edge. They have a chippiness. The stuff that Eddie and I, God, I, I don't know, we talked about at nauseum the last couple seasons of what the Ducks have been missing, and they're bringing that big time. Uh, just crazy. And yeah. these comeback kids, man, the fastest team in the NHL to record five third-period comebacks, that's... Uh, 11 first games of the season.
1: Yeah. Crazy, you know Eddie. I heard a, a really, really weird rumor, and I'm not sure if it's true or not. Every time Goodis either gets in someone's head or hits someone, it's another uh, hair that grows in his beard. So I don't know if that's a true <laughs> rumor or not. But you know what? I agree with your wife. I love what he brings to the game. I know a lot of people complain he's too physical or the penalties he gets it's just kind of he plays with that old school mentality you need that and guys like him and johnston that are on the ice he, if you do anything to try to cheap shot one of our players you got to answer the both of those guys and and then now you have to answer to cronin because i'd be afraid that cronin's gonna jump the bench and beat the shit out of me too because he does look like a guy that has been around the block especially his accent makes him sound a lot of scarier than than he looks too so i think whatever is working is going well um, I'm not surprised by the hot start, and the hot, our goalies too. The goalies have been playing really well. They've been, it's a kind of a one a one a one b situation. They're kind of, I, I want to say they're neck and neck. No one's really out doing uh, the other that much more. So it's good to see them both standing on their heads and keeping us in game so we can win. So it's good to see, and and the streak is just unbelievable. And it was it's it's crazy. It's good. It's, you have to be happy to be a Ducks fan, and of course ducks are on this big streak and all the media outlets have to come and give us attention it's like just kind of j- jumping on the ducks bandwagon for clout
0: yeah yeah Ex- except for frank frank the tank the other frank uh Sir Belly. Uh oh he's, he's making up rumors
1: he's he's yeah. just he's well, yeah. what was the quote he's throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if
0: it sticks on rumors yeah. He he's yeah. probably
1: writing up a rumor that that Gibson asked for a trade. Uh, yeah, he, he wanted to. You know what? Actually, I think Frank Saravelli said this. I'm not sure. Maybe it was a, a a parody account or whatever. But I think he said that um, when the Ducks were about to host the Pens, he asked uh, the Verbeek uh, if he can be traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins so he doesn't have to travel. He can just walk to the next locker room. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But you can ask uh, Frank Saravelli, or maybe I'll just make up my own rumors. Or just you can t- trust my source. <laughs> my source is trust me, bro.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. Everybody else is jumping on the Ducks bandwagon now. Now they're all posting all this stuff. and I'm just laughing. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this has been crazy. It's been a crazy stretch. They ended up then playing the Penguins again. Weird scheduling this season. They've already played Boston both times, got those games out of the way. Now they've they, now they played the Penguins both games. They lost this one. Um, you talked about the goalie situation too. Gibson played phenomenal in this last game against Pittsburgh, stopping 35 of 36 shots. Uh, I thought the Ducks got robbed in this one. The first goal was actually icing the linesman. I think they were parting too much the night before, or they needed LASIK or something. I actually wrote that in the game recap because I just didn't give AF on this because I was pissed off. I really thought that first goal should not have counted. And then of course it was a lucky bounce behind the net off of uh, Gibson's leg and in. And then um, the Ducks fought hard. You know, I, I I thought it could have been a tie game late. Uh, Penguins, you know, got an empty net goal, was offside, and then they had Crosby get that, that one to, to go ahead and win this game. So, you know, the Ducks ended up, their losing streak ended up coming to an end, which, I mean, it couldn't have lasted forever. But I, I, I still thought that they played good in this game uh, and had a chance to win. I mean, they were only down by one in the final couple minutes of this game. Um, a, a good goalie battle. In this one, I, I thought they had chances to do it, and uh, you know they came up short. But you know, I, I wasn't really disappointed in that. I, I more disappointed in the linesmen. I, I thought that was one of the worst called games by a, a couple linesmen I've ever seen recently. I thought they were complete trash. And if the league doesn't like that, you can find me just like you find Cronin. Uh, bring it on. You can go read the game recap. Yeah, Toronto NHL. Sorry, you guys, you're horrible. These two games that the Ducks played against the Penguins, probably the worst officiating I've seen in a long, long time. And I usually don't like to criticize the officials, but it it just was horrible. The officiating was terrible. Um, You know, just, I I don't know what it was. I I mean, they they love the Penguins, I guess. They don't like the Ducks. But, um, you know, I I still thought they had a chance despite that. Uh, They still played tough. Um, they they really poured it on in the third period. They outshot Pittsburgh seven to one in the last ten minutes. There with shots on goal, and I you know I thought they had a chance, Eddie, but they just came up a little bit short.
1: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I went to bed early on this game. I just after watching it on my phone with the the, the streaming services, the few of them I do have. Um, yeah, I, the Ducks didn't play bad. It was it was a solid good game. I, I want to say it was a, I guess. Um, a good loss, if you want to call it, if, if you know what I'm talking about. It's one of those games where there's no quit in the d- Ducks, and an easy bounce, an easy goal. It, it would have easy to, uh, two inches to the left, two inches to the right. It would have changed the whole outcome of the game, but they didn't play bad at all, and it was a good overall game. I was surprised you know, to get Gibson started in net. Usually it's been kind of rotating, a, dostial, a Gibson, but it's surprising to see that, but he played extremely well. He had a great, solid performance. Um, I wish Doss started over Gibson all for my selfish reasons for fantasy hockey, but I mean overall <laughs> you can't be mad at this this losing um, losing their streak and losing this game two nothing. It, it was just overall a nice sound play and there wasn't really a kind of a weakness on the Ducks and it was just they played hard and some things and, and and just like in life some things don't go your way and apparently this game they go the Ducks way, but it's not going to d- deter them. I think they're going to still come out blazing and firing and it's probably going to even fire them up and motivate them to win the next game.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about the Ducks' overall play. That's kind of our next little segment. We'll we'll talk about. Then we got a bunch of your fan questions as well that we'll get to, and then some league news. But yeah, you talked about the Ducks playing overall. They have been playing much better uh, in terms of actually everything. You know, when we talked about in the beginning of the season, special teams play wasn't really doing as well, but it's improved. Uh, the penalty kill is, uh, you know, almost at 80%, which, you know, still not great. You want it to be higher than that, but it was better than than the mid-70s is what it was in. And and now the power play, they're finally starting to score. You know, it took forever. They were <laughs> at 5%, uh, about four or five games in the season. Now they're uh, 18.5%. So they're getting up there close to that 20% range, which is great. Um, you know, in terms of puck possession, they're still kind of the mid-high 40s. Uh, their Corsi and Finwick stats at uh, even strength. So, you know, still still not quite at 50 or above, but still, you know, hanging in there. They've had a couple bad periods here and there. Um, but uh, overall, they've been really, really good, really solid. Um, we had some honors, too, recently. You had uh, Dostel getting the uh, Rookie of the Month honors in October. And then you had McTavish getting the third star of the week last week. So, uh, a lot of good things going there, you know, and uh, a lot of people wonder about. Uh, You know, uh, the status of McTavish, and and is he going to be the next captain? And uh, that was kind of one of the the fan questions that we uh, had had. I had uh, Midnight Angel on Discord asked, you know, do we think that the Ducks will name a captain this year or wait till next season? Uh, They'll probably wait till next season. But, man, you know, I was really big on on Terry, and I still am. But uh, holy crap, man, look at what McTavish has done. Um, it's been phenomenal. He's been factoring in in these game winning goals in the last like three or four games, um, getting points in every game. Um, you know, even the swag, Eddie, if you saw that Bally Sports uh graphic they put out where they had him sticking out his tongue and there's photos of that of him flying around his tongue out and everything. I mean, it's just like wow, man. Like, I, I just overall, I'm amazed at how the Ducks have done so far to begin the season. Obviously, there's always room for improvement, but uh. If you're not excited about this team right now, man, I, I don't know what to tell you because um, every game has, has been fun to watch. They're enjoying it. They're in it. They're competitive. The coach is behind them. They're behind the coach. Um, I just love what I'm seeing overall, Eddie.
1: Yeah, he's he's buzzing, flying around, flying, flying around out there. I, I think it'd be irresponsible for any team to, start to, to name him captain this season. He's developing at a great rate. Let him just go and continue to develop at the rate he is i know in the past a lot of young captains have been in the league um i'm i'm i like the abs too i'm an abs fan too i've been following them probably as long as the ducks because of uh, patrick wall that's why i started following the abs but when they named gabriel landeskog he was the youngest captain in in the whole entire league 19 years old and people question that but his maturity on the ice the way he played the game it kind of reminds me of mctavish like like these old school players like Landis when they're named captain at a young age, they come in with a certain maturity. Um, now uh, this new age of hockey, it's like it's a little bit immature when they come in. It's a little different than it was before. But McTavish has always had that, that mentality of being more mature for his age, and he kind of reminds me of kind of like Landis He comes in, he gets things done, he has fun with the boys, but he knows when you know they have fun and kind of balance that, that hard work and business mentality. And I love seeing that from him. I think he's gonna be the next captain from the Ducks one day, and he's gonna be a phenomenal captain. And he's he's gonna kind of be that that captain like like you say, Jonathan Taves. Everyone captain serious, but when it came down to it, he's all about his team. Captain like Gabriel Landeskog was was a phenomenal captain still, is, unfortunately he's out with an injury. But I think he has that level of maturity to really, really kind of lead the boys and, and have everyone just look up to him and follow him, even the older guys. That might be older than him, and he's just a young player coming in, being a captain. But they're gonna look up to him because what he brings on the ice, his product, and his mentality, and mentality in the locker room, and just like I said, you know, watching the videos that the Ducks been posting. The Ducks too, I want to give a shout out to their social media team. They've been completely on fire this season. So I don't know who's what's going on. They changed it up, but whoever's running it, just kudos to you. But they're posting the videos of Cronin in the locker room speaking. And just, you know, he's joking around. then he asked about having a day off or something like that? Just just kind of breaking the ice and having the, the, those jokes like that. It's just, and then going on the ice and being as serious as he is and really coming out to play. I think it's just so fun to watch. And he's just, he, he's just evolving right in front of our eyes. And we don't have to worry about any sophomore slump. And he's just playing some fantastic hockey. And he's really kind of making everyone around him better. And that's what you want in a potential superstar. And that's what we're getting.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I mean, McTavish, yeah. And I think you're right. Yeah, I think they hold off this season. uh, Future captain next season, a strong, strong argument for sure. Uh, The way he's just developed, um, he's just come through in all kinds of different situations. It's been amazing to watch him develop this season uh, and and, and just just overall everything. Um, The way, you know, scoring that shorthanded goal uh, against Pittsburgh and then, Just everything. Chipping in on the points, Um, the way he's been attacking and playing his two-way game, uh, it's been great. So, you know, a well-deserved third star of the week. Excited to see what he's going to keep bringing this season. And, you know, the Ducks have also got some other young talent as well, doing well. You've got uh, Carlson uh, with uh, three goals now in eight games. Uh, We talked about the development plan last week. Uh, Or or two weeks ago, whatever on the last show and uh, I don't know if the Ducks really fall on that because he's been playing in almost every game so (laughs) You know, I don't don't know if they're gonna adhere to that I know they were talking about doing it for two months and then and ramping it up they might start ramping it up sooner and then uh, uh, Minukulov, you know tied with the rookies uh, Point lead as as at least the time we're recording the show. So um I just a lot of good stuff going on with this team. A lot of players to watch and see how they're developing, Eddie.
1: Oh yeah, you know what? The Calder race—it's—it's already called. Like, there's no way no one else is winning it but Bedard, and the NHL is going to make make that happen. Period. It's not going to go by votes. We've already seen how the league can sway things in the draft. There's no way Bedard's not going to win the Calder this year. I can I can bet on that. I can bet a hundred dollars right now, easy, wouldn't even blink in an eye, that they're not going to let their golden boy that they just can't stop talking about, like Bedard farts, and they're already like, oh my god, his farts the best fart we ever heard in our, our lives. They're just on him like shit on our flies on shit. So it just sucks. But I think Carlson. There's no point, like I mentioned before, to keep him out of the lineup. He he seems like he he belongs there. Yes, there's growing pains from a young player that's first year in the league it's going to be rough games he's going to make a lot of mistakes but you know what you learn from these mistakes and you grow from it he looks he looks good out there he looks like he has nothing more to prove to be dropped down or to, obviously going back to, to Europe over there you know if he gets that bad we can always send him to San Diego but i think he's good where where he belongs he's adjusting well he's getting used to to playing in the NHL the schedule of the NHL I don't, I don't know. Like just development plan they had. I'm glad they're kind of ditching it, and I'm glad every time they announce the lineups, I'm seeing him on there and they're playing him. So that's good. Maybe the back-to-back games, they'll just sit him out one game for, I guess, a maintenance day. If they want to call it that. But I think he's, he's doing fine. Even though the, the points aren't coming as, as everyone wants him to come. But he's, he's still a rookie. He's a kid. So they're going to come eventually. He's just learning the game grasping it he's using his body and his frame i like that but he's just growing into the game as you get to see minty on the other hand holy and i'm gonna use my first f-bomb in the show but holy fucking shit this kid is amazing i love this kid you don't even i can't even tell he's a rookie you see him like the way he skates the way he sees the ice he throws his body he's blocking shots he's is he goes and drives down the center and creates opportunities he shoots the puck it's just everything about this kid, like, um, oh and he's a defenseman too. uh He's just he reminds me of that Cedar kid from Detroit. Obviously, two different style of players, but just the way that his confidence level and how he's kind of boosting that back line for the Ducks. I don't think anyone saw this coming from him. We all knew he was going to get some games in, but no one saw him being this productive as he is, especially as a blue liner. And I think his value is sky high, and he's only going to get better. And we haven't even had um, uh, Zalwiger. He's supposed to be even better and are, are supposed to be our future top defenseman. He hasn't even really made an impact. Imagine when he's ready to go and the, uh, the, the Ducks are going to be scary. This team's going to be a force to be wrecking with. All these years of misery we've been having, me hiding under the bed, drinking myself because the Ducks have a 13-game losing streak back in the time and couldn't score a power play goal in three years. <laughs> this is just going to be... Uh, another celebration of me actually standing up in my bed, downing a bottle, because the Ducks are gonna about to win their down Stanley Cup in a row. Like it's just this team is nothing but gonna just keep trending up. And like I said, this team and a lot of people agree with me. A lot of people I play hockey with that are Kings fans agree that the Ducks have by the best pipeline in the whole National Hockey League, and just their rookies are just bringing their games up. They're ready for the next level, and they're really gonna get better. And Minty's just I can't even say. Enough about the kid. Like, it's just, I think my next jersey, like I said, it's going to be Goudis or it's going to be Minty. And I probably want it Minty on there. It's something different or my future considerations that I'm trying to get done. But that's a kind of a mission that we'll figure that out. But yes, I love everything this kid is bringing to the team. And even Carlson, too. It would just. Like his development, he doesn't really need the time off unless you, he's banged up. And obviously, he's young; he's not going to want to say he's banged up. But if the coach notices, like I don't know, I like the way everything is going, everything playing out. Like, like why ruin a bad thing? But Minty for sure surprised me, and I think he'll be in the running for the Calder come uh, come the awards.
0: Yeah, I mean, you said it all, man. As far as Minty, he's he's been killing it. He's been doing great. You know, great two way player. Uh, like you said, throwing around the body. He's been getting tons of assists. Um, he has one goal. He could have had a couple. He's had, you know, some post shots and near misses and whatnot. I mean, he's been all over the place. And you're right. We don't even have Zellweger up yet either. And we still have Drysdale out. Drysdale, uh, not really much of, you know, much of an update on him. But uh, they didn't really give a, a return timetable yet for him. But the Ducks are planning on resting him until he's ready to go and i mean the, there's no need to rush him back i mean you've got the the way the ducks blue line you've got lacombe too we haven't really talked about a lot he's been playing phenomenal you got fowler vacanainen uh obviously Goodis, as you and i have mentioned i mean the blue line is vastly vastly improved this season uh a big reason why the ducks have been playing better they're not uh, you know, having uh, Gibson getting destroyed with, you know, 40 to 50 shots a game. You know, they're keeping it in the 30 range, which is what which, which you should be doing. You know, you want to keep it, you know, somewhat manageable. But I think the blue line has been huge for the Ducks and the fact that they don't even have to bring Drysdale back right away. Um, you know, they're just hanging in. They're doing their thing. Uh, I think they've been, uh, you know, improved five on five. They've been improved defensively. They're now playing better on special teams as well. Um, So, you know, when you look at all of it, I'm happy with everything that's gone on. I thought kind of another interesting fan question that we had also on our Discord um, was, uh, I had, uh, let's see, it's from XCharge17X, which he goes by Ryan Getzloff, I crack up on Discord. Uh, But he he was talking about the Ducks and how they were doing, but he's wondering, are you concerned about, or are we concerned about the Ducks uh, having to come from behind to win these games? And to me, it's a yes and a no. I, I think the fact that they can come back and win at any time is fantastic, especially when they're trailing in the third um, and, and being a young team and whatnot. But yes, would I want them to be ahead going into the third period every game and have a lead and learn how to play with a lead as opposed to trying to come back uh, from being down? Yes, absolutely. I think that'll happen in time, but um, it's not o- overly concerning to me, you know, if the, if, if we keep going more and more games and the Ducks are down three, four games going to the third period, uh, excuse me, three, four goals going into the third period, then I would be be concerned. But these games have all been close. They're not getting blown out. They're, you know, within a goal or two going into the third, you know, not maybe not necessarily ideal, but it's not concerning me yet. You know, we're only a little over 10 games into the season um for me eddie i am okay with that they're able to come back but yes at some point uh maybe halfway through the season or, or, or maybe later on if they can start getting some leads heading into third obviously that'd be more ideal but to me it's not it's not uh, alarming yet uh, what do you think
1: no i just what i mean we had to stop and, and come back down to like reality a little bit i think i think a lot of us have i guess those beer goggles on uh toward the end of the night at the bar we're not really thinking or seeing straight. This team, still, despite their success, isn't a Stanley Cup team. This isn't a playoff team. I don't know if you agree with that statement, Mike. Before I, I go on, or
0: yeah, I mean no, that's a good yeah. point because we had a lot of we had a lot of questions about that too uh, on Instagram. We had uh, Halen Princess A six, you know, says you know what do you think of the team now? Uh, I laugh at this this handle Gibby's Dad. With how great the Ducks are playing now, do you think that they could get to or near 500? And then SSJ1, Marco says, can the Ducks make a playoff push? So, I agree with you. They're not a Stanley Cup team. Not not yet. Uh, Will they be there? The pipeline, everything you talked about in the future? Oh, for sure. I I think we're going to see some great seasons from this team in the future. Uh, Going back to a laugh, but Gibby's dad, uh, his question about, can they play at 500 or or be near there? Well, they are right now. And I think, yes, absolutely they can. I think that they can play at 500 or even slightly above. I, I do think that. Can they make a playoff push? I I do think that they can make a playoff push. I do. But, like you were talking about, I think you have to temper expectations. It's still early. I think if they do make it, they're still we're still looking at this wildcard type thing. You know, they're, they're fourth right now in the Pacific. Uh, you still got Vegas in there. That's a pain in the ass. Um, You know, obviously the Kings, Arizona, you've got other teams in there to to deal with, to fight through. So I like the direction they're going in. I think they can be above 500 team. Um, Can they be in the playoff race come February or so? I think so. But, um, you know, as far as whatever happens then, I I, I don't know. I want to temper it a little bit there. And that's kind of where I'm at, Eddie.
1: Yeah, I, I can't see this team sustaining this amount of how they are to be above a 500, and I'm sorry to say that. I'm not trying to, I guess, burst the bubble, but that's just how I feel. And this is how just watching a lot of teams play and how they beef up. I mean, surprises happen in the beginning. Look at teams like Vancouver, just everyone thought they are going to be a shit show, and now they're one of the top leagues. Edmonton's crapping the bed. Uh, Buffalo, everyone was kind of hit or miss if they are going to transition up or down. They have the, the talent to do so, and they're kind of treading on that that kind of 50-50-ish right now. I I think it's just going to – this team is going to – and the fire is going to eventually burn for the Ducks, and they're not going to be that team. Teams are going to start ramping things up, come closer to playoffs. Changes are going to be made. Uh, We've seen what the St. Louis Blues did before the All-Star break when they fired their head coach, brought up a third-stream goalie, and look what happened to them. They went on a huge heater and and ended up winning. They had the the skill and talent to do so. They just didn't have the right guy behind the bench – if the Ducks make the—if they make a wild card spot, which if they do make the playoffs, I think it's going to be a wild card spot. It's not going to be anywhere in the top three in the Pacific Division. But you just have too much firepower in um, the Pacific for the Ducks to actually come and be successful. And You don't want the Ducks just to squeak in playoffs. They get swept or embarrassed and the first round, getting absolutely destroyed. It's just—it's a whole different ballgame for the playoffs. If you watch the playoffs, the hitting's up, the intensity's up— you had Vegas running with three strong centers. You have LA now that have three centers that can probably play um, uh, as uh, Denal and Dubois can be first line centers on any other team or lower teams. But the Kings are so deep. But uh, Kopitar on center too. You have you have to run three experienced and big centers that can move their body and put up points. And I just can't see the Ducks doing that. And it just I wouldn't want the Ducks to get that little mid tier draft pick. It's just not tank, keep playing the way we're doing, but just, you know, I guess it's really hard, like, a little hard to say, like, as a fan, like, definitely want the Ducks to win and be successful, but just, like, I I just don't see it, and i rather bank on another higher draft pick to build around and just have a dynasty instead of just, like, being happy the Ducks make the playoffs and we can attend a few more games uh, postseason. So I guess that's my kind of take on that.
0: No, I mean, and that's a, and that's a legit take. Uh, that was another... Uh, person we had BSH Rhodes five on Discord, you know, asked about the Ducks falling back to earth or staying hot, and that's what you're talking about as well. And I think uh, another big concern in this that we haven't talked about, we'll kind of t- kind of finish this part of the the Ducks discussion before we wrap up with league news, but we'll kind of finish with this: is uh, Seegers has, has been MIA uh, in the beginning of the season in terms of scoring points. And, that, and that's been a big issue with some people. Some people are, are not happy. You know, he's got a goal and an assist in the first 12 games. He was benched in Columbus. We wondered how that would affect him. It seemed like he came out and played better, uh, you know, in Boston and Philly uh, on, on that the rest of the road trip. Um What are your thoughts? I mean, some people are legitimately concerned. The production's not there. Um, You know, this could factor into the team and how they do, too, if they're going to play better, you know, down the road or or do make the playoffs or whatnot. But are you concerned because uh, the production's not been there? Or or what do you think, you know, with this overall game and what you've seen so far? You know, obviously just 12 games into the season.
1: No, uh, I think he's doing fine. I think he's adding more tools, tools, toolbox, toolbox. I mean, last year, he just was all about offense. It, it seemed like a lot of his two-way game was lacking in defensive, more of a defensive liability um, come playoffs and, and higher, higher stressful games and higher elite games like that. In playoffs, you're going to want that two-way center. You want to be that shutdown center, but also be able to put up production and points and be the game changer. I think right now he's kind of tooling himself to be that player and molding himself to a better player. He's still young. He still has a lot of, of hockey to actually learn. About this game, you can't just step on the ice for two or three years and, and think you know it all. It's a learning environment each and every day. You got to adapt to the variable change and adapt to your surroundings. And I think um, the benching probably fired him up. Him feeding into what Cronin is working on, and him knowing that Cronin is doing it just to he uh, just to make him become one of the best players he can possibly be. And all this is gonna just it's gonna help when the Ducks become really competitive and we're not talking about if they make a profit when they do it's going to be good and like i said too like like i said this season it's just more of like let's let's retool all the skills and let's better ourselves and mold ourselves to better hockey players i think the best example i can use is um the movie avengers avengers infinity war that's like the ducks right now like they're, they're the avengers they had to lose Thanos is like the playoffs or something and then what happened? They came back. They came back stronger. They came back united. They, they fed into, I guess, whatever they did, going to the past beating Thanos, and what? They ultimately won. So I think that's something that I guess I can kind of use that um, as a Ducks right now. Let's just use this as if we don't make success and make the playoffs this season, then it's just like, don't worry about that. Worry about just playing your game. Don't worry about the, the winning. Just worry about Playing your ass off 110% each and every shift, each and every game, finding ways to get better, keep talking, keep asking, watching film, and just really getting ready to take that next step because in a few seasons or even next season, this team could just uh, forget about the early vacation, early golf times so because you're going to be in the postseason a hell of a lot a lot longer than, than you have in a while, and it's going to, you know, I guess enjoy the little break that you have because... Once once this team gets molded like I think they are and ho- how we're seeing in our very own eyes, they're going to just be a force we reckon with. But I think Zegers is playing really well and I think this is part of his, probably his best two-wave game we've seen him since he's been in the league.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the big thing. I, I know a lot of people, especially when you're looking at the forwards, you know, the wingers and centers, you're really looking at goals and assists and of course, that's that's a big stat to look at. But... I think Zegris has gotten more mature i think he's handled uh you know that benching from cronin uh very well and i think those points will start to come there i i think carlson is gonna you know it looks like he's gonna be playing more games as we talked about so it'll be him um terry and Zegers together gelling um and i and i think it's gonna come but you're right I, I liked his two-way game i think he's there's little things that you don't see in some of these games where he's been creating turnovers he has been back checking better um he's been making little plays whether the little passes or whatnot to, to you know that end up leading into a scoring chance or, or into a goal and maybe he doesn't get the assist uh or he keeps the puck in on the four check and whatnot so i think overall um, his points, yes, they're not there, but I think his game has improved, uh, you know, in a roundabout way. And I think it's it's only going to go up there. And same thing that Eddie talked about. I mean, we're excited. The Ducks have been on this winning streak, and obviously it got snapped against the Penguins and, and and whatnot. But they're playing better than anybody projected so far this season. I don't care who you are. anybody would have told you the Ducks would have won six games in a row and had five comeback victories, you would have been like, dude, you're smoking crack. There's no way. But <laughs> they are. They 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 taken a step forward, a huge step forward in my opinion. Obviously, is there work to be done? Is there more to go? Of course, 100%. And I think Eddie's right. I think they keep developing, keep working hard. They're trending in the right direction. Keep going that way and we'll just see what happens. So um, plenty to be excited about with this team. You know, and the biggest thing is the competitiveness Um, that you're seeing on the ice, you know, the making the plays, the fighting, the standing up for each other, the coaches and whatnot. Um, It's just been phenomenal uh, change this season as opposed to last season, and I absolutely love it. So good stuff overall um, with the Ducks, and, and, you know, we'll kind of wind up with what's going on in the league. A, A little bit of stuff in the Pacific Division, too. You know, we're talking about the Ducks and how great that they're doing. Well, there's some other teams that aren't doing so great in the Pacific. You've got the San Jose Sharks, who finally won a game against Philly. They had lost two games where they had given up 10 goals. Holy crap. And then you also had Edmonton waving Jack Campbell. Like, what the hell? Like, what a crazy Pacific division, Eddie. It's, it's You've got some teams killing it and some teams not, not, not so much.
1: Yeah, I don't understand the signing, the 5 on 5. I think 5 at 5.5 for Jack Campbell. He had he had decent numbers good good numbers but it was just streaky with toronto he couldn't get him i guess a successful point in the playoffs that that they deserve toronto has a stacked team i don't understand how they haven't been to the cup final it's just i guess a toronto curse but their team is stacked they're just unbelievable but it's just for some reason edmonton they just i don't know what's going on i'm i'm kind of glad like because they were kind of shitheads to us in the playoffs and their fans are really arrogant but it's like i don't understand what's going on over there you spend your money on things that you don't need but you're not fixing defense they've been having issues with defense which leads i mean all ducks fans know if you don't have good defense your goalies are going to struggle <laughs> look at gibson you can ask gibson he can bring him on the show one day he can talk about that um <laughs> Yeah, it's just like you bring uh, Jack Campbell, you expect Stuart Skinner to you know, have a, his sophomore season to be a superstar goalie. It's just it's just too much for them. And then waving him, um, I'm not sure if he'll be picked up the way he's been playing. He's probably one of the, the bottom goalies in the league. I don't think it's all on him. I think it's just a different environment to play in. And we can't use the whole he's playing in uh, Canada excuse because it's like Edmonton fans are just as uh, ballistic and crazy about their team as toronto so it's like he's used to that kind of pressure that maybe you know i don't know maybe a team could pick him up that needs a goalie that desperately needs one and maybe they kind of take a gamble on him but it's going to be expensive a five million dollar gamble i highly doubt that he gets picked up by anyone so it's going to be one of those things where if you're going to just bury him in the minors to see you can just kind of trade him and see what happens uh cal peterson was the same in la uh he made that, that substantial amount of raise he had a few good seasons. I don't think he should have got the raise, but I mean they had to rely on, on Copley that had a phenomenal run last season, and he's not doing well this season. And the Kings are still in the in the same boat too. They don't have any really goaltending. They have a, f- a f- great team on paper, but their goaltending is really questionable and sketchy. But it's just Edmonton's like just been terrible, been terrible. It, it sucks too because they like dry settles on one of my paid fantasies, so it's really bad to see him. Actually, uh, not performing well, but I, I guess it's 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 it's, cool. it's not cool, but it's funny to see Edmonton struggling because it's Edmonton. They're in the Pacific, but it kind of sucks too. It's like they have a great team. They have um, Connor McDavid's probably ranked you know number one or number two best player in the world. It's just they're not getting it done over there, and their management is just kind of mismanaging their team. And they've been like that for years. All the draft picks they have, Yakupov, they kind of ruined by just kind of prematurely throwing him out there, thinking he was ready when he wasn't, kind of derailed his career. I mean, not only their fault, but I'm sure the player had some kind of of issue with that. But it's just crazy to see them falling so behind like that, and you never know. Hockey is one of those sports you never know. Like like I I mentioned too before like the Ducks I don't I don't see them as Stanley Cup contending team but you never know things can just go crazy the Ducks can go on a huge heater they can get in the playoffs they can steal a few wins all of a sudden Stanley Cup and just like I think that the whole thing too is um I want to say I think I think everyone under underestimates the Ducks too uh, they came in having a terrible season and people weren't expecting the Ducks to to play the way they are and they are so but. I don't know. I just—it's just one of those seasons. It's like you—you, ah, I don't know. I don't want to be too critical. I don't want to say too many bad things about Edmonton, but something has to change. I don't know what you need to do. Big shakeups. Everything you're doing hasn't been working, and it's gonna be—you know—the you, biggest thing you have to lose too is to, uh, Connor McDavid. Like, how long is he gonna put up with that crap, with the mismanagement of his uh, of the team? You could have brought in a better goalie. You could have made some trades. Now you have to try to see if someone picks up Campbell. Are you going to just keep him in the AHL, paying him the rate he is, or are you going to try to make a trade with someone? Obviously, you're going to eat at some cost. You're going to lose some assets if you, a team takes him over. Um, we have bottom feeder teams that that need that kind of um, – that will take his contract. San Jose Sharks, why not take his contract and f- for assets? It's like it can't be any worse than what's happening there, but it's just – Yeah, he's not a bad goalie. It's just Edmonton's not a good defensive team, and they just leave their goalies up to dry and just kind of rely on Sidle and McDavid way too much. I guess there's – yeah, that's pretty much all I got for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's rumors flying now that McDavid's upset and talking about trade stuff, and that's flying around there, which I'm not surprised. I didn't even hear that.
1: (laughs) I didn't hear that. Yeah, well –
0: yeah i mean there's stuff floating out there i don't know if any of it's concrete but there's obviously frustration like you uh talked about so i i don't know if he really does want to be traded but i'm just saying that there's people out there saying that you know that this is going on and you know he's not happy and whatnot just like um you're talking about the sharks taking on assets there's a rumor out there too about the ducks taking on assets to make a trade which i i really don't believe that i, I heard uh, some rumors about that and I, I just don't see that the way the ducks are, are doing it right now i think that they're just going to keep going with what's what's working um you know they're seven and five in these first 12 games they're right in the middle of the pack and in, in the pacific um right now obviously vegas up there vancouver and the kings vancouver may be a little bit of a surprise but i mean they're in they're in the hunt they're in the wild card with uh arizona right now technically at the time that we're recording this so I don't see the Ducks doing that uh, unless something really drastically changes. But, uh, yeah, San Jose and Edmonton are just having an extremely uh, rough uh, go of it this season. I mean, it's just bad. And then also Chicago's not been playing as well, which, you know, I I don't really care. Chicago, to me, is probably one of the worst uh, franchises in the NHL in terms of morality. Uh, They had another sexual assault thing come to light recently, and probably nothing will happen of it um super frustrating uh on, on that front uh, you know I'm not going to go into the details too much of it cuz I don't know all the details but uh where there's smoke there's fire and there's been tons of this stuff that's gone on with this organization that has got swept under the rug but uh they somehow still get the first draft pick and they get Bedard and nothing happens to them but uh you know Ottawa gets punished for that whole thing with uh with Vegas and us and that trade uh, losing their draft pick uh because they weren't sure about a no movement clause, but nothing happens to Chicago, so you know, that's all I really gotta add on that. I don't know if you, you have anything else uh uh that you wanna add as far as Chicago or any other league news before uh, we kinda of wrap up, Eddie.
1: Yeah, fuck Chicago and fuck the National Hockey League and fuck anyone who had a pro or an issue or anyone had any doing covering sexual assault. That's the most disgusting, despicable thing anyone can ever do to another person. And that person, that the victim of it, is never going to be the same. He's that, that guy or girl. They're never going to have a normal, insane life because of what someone stole from them in raw. And I think it's absolutely disgusting that the league does this. It's just, it's despicable. It's just, it's how they pick and choose favorites, how they rig shit to to kind of give Chicago everything they want because Chicago is one of the top, what top five, or actually, yeah, top five teams in the league that generates the most revenue probably the... I think New York's number one for the United States and Chicago be number two. The rest are Canadian teams, but it's just so disgusting. And then nothing happens. You just slap them on the wrist. You kind of sweep it under the rug. You give them a a little fine that they can pay off in in pennies or whatever. And then you go and... You go and take away a first-round draft pick from the Senators over a mistaken paperwork or whatever. It's just—it's so stupid. It's dumb how the league does this. And I, you know what? And you Chicago fans are fucking piece of shits too. That that defend this and and kind of blame it on the victim. And he should have said something before. Or he shouldn't bring it up. You guys are. I I'm sorry. I hope your family deals with that shit because that's fucking disgusting and pitiful. And I I have people that experience this, and I know people personally and family members that have to endure being a victim all their lives because of some piece of shit person that took advantage of them and that's disgusting and despicable and the league is really trending downward and honestly this whole national hockey watching hockey is pushing me away from things like this from them being so being uh a political atmosphere for clout they don't care about your social ch- causes they don't care about x y and z they just post things to get the trending cloud to get more of the clicks because more clicks mean more money so this league is just especially what they're doing with chicago it, it's just disgusting and i wish everyone involved nothing but the worst debt to all them and their family and i don't care how that makes me sound that's how i feel and and I'm not going to backtrack my, my words on that because that's absolutely disgusting. No person should be a victim, especially from a sexual predator. Period.
0: Yeah, and it's and this isn't an isolated incident. So it's not like oh, there was one thing or whatever. There's a bunch of stuff going on there. And, and Eddie's right. I mean, they've they've turned a cheek against uh, all the stuff of Chicago. It's ridiculous. Uh, one oh, other little Mike. Yeah. Too, well, let's yep. uh,
1: go back to Ottawa. Yeah, I haven't really, really dove deep into that, but the the Pinto suspension for gambling, like flea. oh yes, yeah oh my god what the hell I think we talked about it last show too but
0: yes and, and it wasn't even on, on it was hockey. on sports right well, sports I, but not hockey
1: I guess what the thing was too that I'm hearing is that I guess he had a friend place a bet for him and he was in a place that wasn't legally to bet on it's like for example. I live in California. Sports betting is is illegal unless it's horses, which is weird. Right. So if I text my friend Adam that lives in Colorado, where it's legal, to bet make a bet for me on his app, and I get caught doing that, or vice versa, or something like that, that's what he got in trouble for. But it wasn't to do with hockey.
0: Hmm, it's so, kind of whino.
1: And then um, listening to the Spit and Chicklets podcast too, I guess the player and the um, the players' association they agreed to that suspension. But it still seems excessive. That many games. That's that's nuts. Yeah.
0: half a season.
1: It's like Evander Kane beats his wife and bets on hockey. and He gets what a slap on the wrist, but <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like and and that's that's kind of the overall theme with some of the stuff that you and I are talking about. It it's it's this unequal justice basically with the way things are doing. Or, or even it, or even if you don't call it unequal, maybe it's not that. It's it's just the the severity of the offense is not matching the repercussions of the discipline. You know, like you're saying, you know, you kick somebody's ass, uh, a significant other, uh, you sexually assault somebody and and not as much happens, but you know, you, you go uh, mess up the paperwork on a, on a trade and you lose a draft pick or, uh, you know, you do some kind of inadvertent in gambling, whatever, however you want to decide that, and you're out half a season. It's like, wait a second. Uh, it's just it doesn't make sense and then kind of going into this too and it'll kind of wrap up the show is the whole adam johnson thing you know very very tragic what happened to him and sad but now the league is spinning this into it's an accident and we all got to wear neck guards and all this and i'm sitting here going like are you guys out of your freaking mind the other player does like a kung-fu flying kick and hits him in the face. If you haven't watched the video, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. But for those of you that have watched it, as I have and can stomach it, it's disgusting. And the league takes that and spins it into like, well, all the players have to have neck guards now, and this was a big accident. That was not an accident. I'm sorry. You watch the play, you tell me that that's an accident. No way. Nobody goes to check somebody and turns themselves a vert- uh, horizontal, throws their leg, and kicks somebody in the neck area with the skate. That's not an accident. There's no fucking way that that was an accident, watching that play. Um, you know, he turned himself sideways, threw himself at the guy, kicked him in the face. But the league's saying, oh, it's an accident, and oh, we should, let's let's worry about neck guards. No, screw that guy that did that. That guy should be uh, criminally prosecuted, which I heard is, is ongoing right now. So, that, that, but you're right, you know, taking these things, all these little things that we're talking about as we wrap up the show, that's the, the thing I don't like about the league, is some of these things, the way that they pick and choose how they're going to address things and whatnot, uh, they're they're not handling it correctly. Uh, I'm with you, Eddie. Uh, all these different things, this, this neck guard thing, gambling thing, domestic abuse, sexual assault. Um, no, it, there needs to be a change. I mean, you and I have talked about it. Bettman's needed to go for a long time, but... Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I, I'm with you. I don't like the mismanagement of, like, you know, critical um, or controversial incidents as these, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and I think the league is more, even more disgusting that they're using Adam Johnson's uh, unfortunate death to capitalize and and pretty much get new sponsors and revenue just for clout. They're using his death, exploiting his death for money. That's what it is. If they start. At, and two, like, if they start making neck guards mandatory, they're gonna to have to have a supplier that they're gonna pay and yep. bid for the contract. You're gonna get more money. Players yep. like T.J. Oshie, everyone's praising him, and he takes an interview about he's wearing his neck guard for his kids and blah blah blah. Why weren't you wearing your neck guard before? Of a company that that makes neck guard shirts that you have, you're wearing your company's product. You didn't wear it before for your kids, but all of a sudden this is national news. This is fully national news, this incident. There's people I hear talking about it that don't even follow hockey that are talking about this this incident. So this is just completely viral, blowing up, and you have bottom feeders capitalizing it and exploiting it like the NHL and TJ Oshie. I'm sorry, Mr. USA, but you making this interview saying it's for your kids, but you're promoting your company. Your company's net guard sold out, really sold out. So now the league, in their mind, oh, we can get new sponsors. We can get neck guards. We can add sponsors on there. Who's going to be our supplier? How much money are they going to give us? That's just dollar signs to the league. And it's like... I bet you none of that money is going to go to uh, adam johnson's family or anything because not once have i mentioned tj oshi coming out saying oh i'm going to donate all the money that uh, i made from my product that sold out and i'm going to make more it's probably going to sell out too being donated to adam johnson's family or a, a kind of a foundation to go in his cause no that money's going right to your pocket so don't bullshit me and say oh, you're with it for a reason come on I, I i play with stocks and i'm about money too i don't exploit the death of people, but I'm going to exploit other things to make my money. And that's exactly what I think uh, TJ Oshi is doing. I, I I know for a fact he's doing it and, and um, the league. And now you have all these other players that are coming out, sporting it in practice. You have subliminal things like Bedard Ring, all of a sudden a turtleneck coming in. It's just all those things play out. And I know how business is. I own my own business now. I watched my dad run business. I, I know how he did it. It's just, Especially in this today's world when something viral and goes like this you can capitalize on someone's death which a lot of people do unfortunately and this is what the league's doing. Oh she's doing for his business and it's just this What's sad to see uh, and, and rest in peace and I, I my biggest condolences to his family and friends his teammates. Um, I saw the video for the first time Mike you sent me the, the clip of the video and that's absolutely appalling and disgusting and I, I i even try to justify the fact how his leg can go in that motion and i can't it's just so like it's you call it a freak accident but I, i've been leveled numerous times on ice and i knew how to control my feet and i'm not a professional like what the hell and like it's just and the the league, like I said, they're just they're making a spectacle of it because they wanna and in, incorporate something they can make money on. So I hope you people listening don't think the league gives a shit about player safety. They don't. They they're just trying to make you know, just trying to make a, a quick buck and that's all in their eyes. Look look how the league lied to you about the helmet sponsors and oh we're gonna do it just to to regain the profits from COVID. Bullshit. I caught this from the very fucking beginning. Those helmet ads are gonna stay. Next is going to be Jersey ads. And a few people are like, oh, you're just reading into it. They're trying to get the money back from COVID, blah, blah, blah. No, come on. I, I know how these things play. I'm not an idiot. Like I, I know how business is run. If I didn't know how business is run, I wouldn't be keeping my dad's business alive and being successful on that. But it just sucks, Mike. And um, I'll let you go and weigh on it. I have uh, one more uh, thing of league news I want to close with, more a little positive. So if you want to weigh on uh, that last one, you can
0: yeah i i'm with you that's the thing i don't like is them twisting it and turning it into something about promoting a product and, and doing this and now all of a sudden they're concerned about and everything like that because i i mean you really see that with the goalies and their neck protectors and their mask, obviously, because they're inside the crease and all that stuff that goes on. But you don't see players flying vertically or, uh, or uh, horizontally towards other players and kicking them in the face and stuff like that. So to, to promote your products and get on board with all this stuff, that I, I just I don't like that. I, I just think I think yes, you should have a response to it, and yes, you should say hey, you know, we maybe want to do this because of this incident and and whatnot. But the downplaying of it as an accident and then trying to pump out this product and, and sell money, it's just frustrating. I, I don't like stuff like that. So I'm with you, Eddie. Um, what What did you want to wrap up with before we close out? Well, one more thing about that. Make it optional, not mandatory. Yes. And I'll just kind of yes. leave it at
1: that. Um, yeah, so uh, Josh Manson, a name, I mean, Ducks fans are familiar with. His team, the, the Avalanche, went on a mom's trip, and they all boarded the plane. They had some shirts in memory of Josh Ma- uh, Manson's mother. She passed away, and they all kind of uh, – Ryan Johansson, Mr. Turtle. Uh, I know Ducks fans don't like him that much, but it was his idea to make a shirt for Manson's mom to kind of honor her of going on a mom's trip. His mom passed away in August. So, I, Mike, you understand this, and I understand this, and – and you've been my motivator especially me jumping on the show when i did when my dad passed away but so you're like it's just having your teammates and your brothers kind of do something like that from the bottom of their heart i think that was the most inspirational thing you can ever do i me reading that and reading the article i wrote i um i read about that it just it honestly brought tears i'm getting teared up right now thinking about it thinking about my dad and thinking about everyone else that ever lost a parent but that was just the, like, the most, I think, I, from the bottom of, of Johansson's heart, he just he really cared about his teammate and wanted to make his teammate feel included. He knew how hard it was going to be that um, he's going to go on a mom's trip without his mom, and I think that was the best thing he can possibly do, and I'm sure Manson really appreciated that and he felt the love and probably felt his mom's presence there with him and knowing his mom would be smiling about what happened and how the team kind of rallied behind him and her and i think that was really cool and i just want to send my love to anyone who's lost a parent and just I know what you're going through and things like stories like that uh, i read that don't get enough uh, attention from the nhl that should this is one of the reasons why i love being part of of hockey i love playing beard league i love talking to the podcast because when it comes down to it you really have the true brothers and sisters out there that really have your back and care about you and i love being part of this circle the small circle we call hockey
0: uh, I, I agree hundred percent. Um, yeah, that's, that's great that they did that. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate you and I are both the same boat. We both, uh, lost a parent. We know what it's like. If any of you out there have had that happen to you you can always re- uh, re- out, reach out to us, um, more than, ha- you know, more than happy to talk about stuff. You're going through a hard time. You want to, you know, grab a cup of coffee or a beer or something, uh, more than happy to do that. Um, it, it's, it's a big thing, you know, you got to take care of each other. Uh, especially in moments of sadness and loss and things like that. So I'm glad that they were able to do that and honor his mom. You know, I loved I loved it when he was on the team. I hated to see him leave, but you know, I was happy obviously when he won the cup with Colorado and whatnot. But met him a couple times. Great dude, the um, great dude. You know, um, and and I just hope to wish him the best with that. Um, Yeah, and and with that, I mean, we're going to wrap up. I mean, it's been a a crazy season so far with the Ducks. Um, If you don't get to a game, you can head out to Noble Ale Works. And we have a discount there if you talk to them and you order a drink. You tell them Ducks and Pucks, you can get 15% off. So that's one of our sponsors to look into. Um, We also have a Linktree set up. So Linktree uh, slash Ducks and Pucks. All our stuff's on there. We're doing a bunch of giveaways, too. We're giving away some tickets um, with with, uh, our buddy uh, Oscar, who's a photographer. Uh, for the game coming up on November 17th uh, so that's going to close out soon on Instagram check that out we've been doing lots of giveaways on there as well and I'm working on getting uh, some uh, new gear too actually I didn't mention it I'll, I'll hold off I'll, I'll tell you offline Eddie because I don't want to ruin the surprise yet but I'm working on some stuff uh, some more gear and whatnot to come out and you just reminded me because you were talking about the t-shirts for man
1: oh, so uh, wait yeah, we, we can tell them a little bit. I, I thought you were gonna make Ducks and Pucks brawl, so when they get a hangover, or I'm sorry, hangover, a hat trick, they could throw it on the ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can see where my mind's going. <laughs>
0: especially, especially if Toronto's in town. Oh, that'd be the best.
1: <laughs> you know what, dude? I want to give a shout out to Oscar. I've been, I know uh, Oscar from the hockey rink. We played hockey together. Really great guy. He's really passionate. Great photographer. Uh, he he really cares about his work. Beautiful family. Um, a few times you guys haven't noticed, but. His family's been featured on the Ducks uh, website. He's t- taking pictures for the Ducks too, and he's just an overall great guy. And you know, I I didn't even know I haven't talked to him in a while, so I didn't know uh, Ducks and Pucks was partnering with them until I saw your post. You didn't even tell me, so I'm like mad at you didn't let me know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but it's good to see like uh, p- promoting him, uh, someone that's really passionate about photography and the Ducks. So it's good Oscar if you're listening do you miss your brother miss playing hockey with you hope you're doing well and love seeing your, your family photos and until we play hockey again or see each other at a game
0: yeah and the, and the last thing I want to say too is just thank you to everybody out there uh on X you guys have blown us up now uh we we were stuck right below like twenty thousand followers I want to say man since like two thousand nineteen or 2020 or whatever I don't even remember but We've gone over 20,000 followers on X. I appreciate that. You guys are blowing up Uh, on Instagram. We're we're getting more followers on there. And we also set up a Discord channel. Um, You can look us up, just Ducks and Pucks, or if not, just DM me on any one of the accounts. Eddie and I will respond. Uh, I've got a a group going on there where we're talking about hockey news, uh, you know, rumors and stuff like that. Um, posting updates and stuff, uh, before I post it on social media, I'm posting stuff on there. So you may want to get on the discord we can talk about stuff that's going on, uh, before the information is out there. Um, or just to hang out and see what's going on. We, I know Tom from the UK is on there, our buddy. Uh, we've got a, a good international base of you too, as well that follow us. So I appreciate that. And, uh, we'll be back and, and you know, we'll just keep rolling and see how the ducks are doing exciting times. Uh, thanks for the support. And let's go Ducks.